when you're down and trouble and you need some love and care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me and soon I will be I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio, home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowler's Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show is regularly scheduled at the same time each week. PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson started the show in 2002. Since then, he's recorded over 1,100 shows featuring over 400 different guests, a literal who's who in bowling. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So, go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, we lost another soldier, and because he was such a great guy, bowler, and friend, we want to celebrate his life and pay tribute to him here on Phantom Radio. Well, PBA and USBC Hall of Famer knew him since the 60s and has lots of stories about Jack Bialolo. So here he is again, the all-time great Barry Asher. Hello, Fards, and Thanks for being here with us again, but we have to stop meeting like this. Oh, I know we do. Good morning, Phantom. Well, you know what? When 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 the I called him Poppy, everybody called him Lolly. When he passed, there was only one guy to do this show other than me, and that's Ski, Peremski, and uh, because they were they were best friends. They actually won the last ever national doubles title they beat weber and bluth in about 1967 or 68 so that skeezy would have been the would have been the only other guy to do this but me because over the years uh lolly and i we kept in touch all the time and he was uh you know he he He'd piss and moan a lot, and he said the last five, six years that, you know, hey, if I went to sleep tomorrow and, got and, you know, didn't get up, it'd be okay. But he, he was hysterical. You know, those of you that – the people that knew Jack knew that if bullshit was music, he was a symphony orchestra. There's no <laughs> question about it. And he was, he was a – Phantom, he was a magnet. He, it's just – you can't – it was just – when, when, when he became your friend, you were just mesmerized by him to be in his company was, it was special because he was just so full of crap. It was hysterical. (laughs) I, I know he had, he had more stories in the empire state building, but you know, you you said uh, that uh. (laughs) you said there was, only a couple of people could do this because you stayed in touch with them. But you know, I've said this a million times. Uh, you stay in touch with everybody. And, man, I'll tell you what, and I've said this a million times, too. 
Uh, you're the most loyal friend I know. And, and between you and Jack and, and Ski for Emski and, and you and Johnny Petraglia and, and just a hundred guys, you know, uh, you could talk about every one of them. I just hate to talk about them when they're gone because, you know, you, you can't say talk to them again. That's going to be a problem. But, you know, he, he did bring a lot of cheer and a lot of light to everybody. And, and I Whoa. think about Jack and I saw his picture on Facebook and I just started laughing, you know, because he is so funny. I mean, I, I don't know where to begin to tell you where to start, but go ahead and tell us your first couple of thoughts about Jack. Okay, I, I will. I will. And, well, my, my first thought, and after I, I mentioned my first thought about Jack, I'll go back. And I was 17. I bought a spot in the PBA tournament at Rose Lanes in Gardena, and I ended up crossing with Jack. It was 1963, and Billy set the record. Billy averaged, I mean, he averaged 230-something. He, he was the first guy who was ever 800 over in the qualifying. Anyway, I've crossed with Jack. Beyond the Lillo, and Jack was born September 30th, 1940. So at the time, he was probably he was 20. He probably hadn't turned 23. So he's 22, and he's 24 games. He's like 650 over. And I mean, I've seen a lot of great bowlers when I was young. Ronnie Winger in Southern Cal, and then I saw Ray Orff, and then I saw Jack Beyond the Lillo. I mean, that was like watching. That was like watching. Barry Bonds. I mean, he was so special that when he threw the ball, it was like butter, and he got a lot on it. And and he qualified second or third. And I walked in the next day, and I he's standing on the concourse. I go, what what are you doing? I came to watch you bowl. Well, you know, my hand's a little sore today. You know, I thought I'd save it the next week. And I looked at him. I'm, I'm 17 years old. I'm dumbstruck, and I go. You're the only guy in the building that could beat Billy, and you're watching. I said, there must be something wrong with you. <laughs> and from that point on, we became friends, and then, you know, time went on. And my first ever show in 60, when was it? Uh, I was in the Army, so it was 67, going to Fort Lee, Virginia, St. Paul. And it was a barnyard. It was They, they were tough. And Jack and I both made the show. We both lost to uh, Gunner, I think. And Salvino ended up winning the tournament. But Jack and I hung out that week and the next week with Glover. Because Glover hung out with with, with uh, Lolly a lot. And so then I got to bowl the Firestone, and Jack made bowling history. In April 1, 1967, the first game against Les Schistler, Jack comes right out of the gate with 300. And that was the most famous 300 that will ever be bowled. Yeah. I mean, that's it, it, it just it is and it's hard to believe it's now 50 54 years and people still talk about it and you watch him and he was just he was good looking he looked bigger than life even though he's probably only about 510 but he just he was special he was he just uh, you can't talk about how good he was as a bowler and he only won three times on the tour he won twice in 63 in Birmingham and Tucson, and he was 10th on the money list that year. And uh, But in 64, in a three-week period, four-week period, he had three seconds, and two of them were less than 10 pins. Wow. And one of them was by a lot, but uh, he finished second to, uh, oh, I, I don't uh, Pete Townis one week, and uh, 
He finished second to Pete by nine pins. And uh, let's see, a couple of weeks later, he finished second to Les by, by a lot. But the week before that, he finished second to Bill Allen, who won a lot of tournaments by four pins. Wow. But the, the, the countless top fives and top tens, my first ever PBA finals in Sacramento in December of 64, they televised it in 65. Jack led and Buzz Fazio, bless his soul, got up in the 10th frame and doubled to beat him by two. <laughs> so, so Jack just, but you go through the books and you see the top, the top fives and top tens. And it was at that time, guys, guys were, they were a notch above and Jack was one of them that every, it seemed like every week guys like he and Hardwick and Burton and then Soupy and, and Zahn, that they were always in the top 10 every, just week after week after week. But Jack was, he was so good. He came out and bowled uh, in Houston, his hometown. And he could barely, he could barely walk because he broke his ankle bowling the state tournament in Fresno. You remember that? I sure do. He slid off the approach. Jack probably had a few, yeah, probably had a few beers and he, he, he caught his, however he did it. They had to carry him off in a stretcher to the hospital so his bowling career was pretty much over. He was living in Gilroy then. And, uh, but in 71, he finished second that year in Houston, whatever year it was, taking three steps. And then in 71, he bowled. He came back and bowled. And I don't, he didn't win, but he qualified to go to Japan. So he had to be in the top eight in points. So that shows his consistency. And then when he got to Japan, he won the tournament. <laughs> It was uh, 71 in Japan. Yeah, you know, a lot of people didn't know, but uh, besides that ankle, he also had bad legs. Uh, I don't know, uh, circulation problems or something, but I remember one time in Milwaukee, yeah. uh, he was uh, he was rooming with a couple of guys, as usual, and he, he needed a check. He says, I got to have a check this week to go, but I can't get to the foul line. My, my legs are killing me. And he says, I need 100 over the last block. So he came out and he had a 245 triplicate. And, and they were tough in Milwaukee that year. And he walked oh, back. Yeah. He was so happy. And people were looking at him like, holy mackerel, how'd you do that? He says, I needed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, he, 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 you you got to go back and you know watch the 300 game for, for the listeners. And just watch, just he was like, he, he was he was class personified. I mean, back in the day when I first went on the tour, when bowlers came to the bowling center, they were dressed. They didn't have on their bowling shirt. They didn't have on jerseys. They had on suits and ties. Yeah. And and Jack was he was smooth. He was the he was the best looking guy. He was the one of the best dressed. And Jack would I remember him at Kona Lanes. And you go in the bar, and the bar was deep, and he's sitting there at the back of the bar. He's got a table, and he's just like he's holding court. <laughs> and I, I can I can picture it now because Kona Lanes is long demolished, but it's only about a mile and a half from my house. And I could see Jack sitting there, and I can see him traveling, coming down, staying at my house with Burton, and driving from Vegas, and. I'd, I'd had a couple of good weeks and made a couple shows in a row. And Jack goes, you know, I, we talked about you wearing a vest suit on TV with the sunglasses and stuff like that. 
you know, and you should have done it. I said, well, you know, I led the tournament, but Don beat me. I said, but I was so, my head was up in the clouds. I thought I was really good or something. And, and I said, that's okay, Jack. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll do it this week. You know, like, like I'm going to make the show this week. Well, four day got two opens the last three frames and I made the show and I wore the vest suit and I wore that and the shades and the puffy sleeves. And that's all because of Jack. So yeah, you, I, I just... you were an original. There's no question about it. You know, if you look back at those old films, you, know, you saw yourself, you had slick hair sometimes, you had an afro sometimes, oh. and you had no hair well, sometimes. I had slick hair when I had hair. I had an afro when I didn't have hair. And then when I finally got rid of that, I didn't have hair at all. <laughs> That's your three generations that we can track back. <laughs> oh, yeah, what a time. But but Jack Beyond the Lillo will live in in my memory and Bo Burton's and Skis and Johnny's and Glover rest his soul. He's just he's a part of bowling folklore. Is the I think that's a good way to describe it. Yes, he is. You know, he you know, and he died. He, he made it to eighty one, which was pretty good. He didn't think he'd make it to seventy, but he yeah. did. And he, he was in assisted living, and he was hysterical. Phantom. I'd call him up. He goes, "Well, you know," he says, "I, I got, I, I've got this dementia, but you know, it, it's my, but my friend Bo is going to come and take me and go to the racetrack." And he says, "I have a lot of fun. You know, I can read the racing form." And so he didn't have dementia when it comes to trying to handicap a horse. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, I know, I know you, he stayed with you and all that kind of stuff, but one week in Fresno, I'll never forget. He came to me and he says, Hey Phantom, he says, uh, my roommates are not going to come this week. Uh, can I stay with you? I said, sure. So we roomed together and the day before the tournament, he comes to me. He says, uh, "You got ten bucks?" And I said, "Sure. Why?" He says, "I gotta, I gotta get some." I said, "All right." So you know, I worked those weird hours. I was taking a nap till about noon, and I woke up and it's hotter than hell. It's 115 degrees outside. I wonder where Jack went. So I got dressed and I went down to get a soda, and there he was at the pool throwing a party. There's about 20 people, men, women, children. And Jack's serving champagne. And I says, yeah. what, what are you doing? He says, well, they had a sale at the liquor store, two bottles for for 10 bucks. He says, I'm having a party. Well, Jack threw a party for everybody. Nobody knew that he borrowed the money, but I'm sure he did that a lot of times. But oh, then absolutely. We, then we drove to Sacramento, and we had to stop at every overpass so he could go pee. He was amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, the first thing when we went from Gilroy, we we're coming down at a regional at Holiday Bowl in LA, and we got to run out of you know, the corner in Gilroy. He goes, Well, you got to stop us. He goes and he gets a 12 pack. <laughs> and, and so I don't know how far it is from Gilroy to Costa Mesa. It's probably a five hour drive, maybe. And yeah. tell you what, that 12 pack didn't stand a chance. Oh, no, no. Um, no, I'll tell you, I, I got a, I got a great story. You know, it's a little, I room with him in Waukegan, right? Yeah. And I had a real, I had a really bad night. I was too young to know that, you know, that 
and was fun and paid the consequences. Anyway, so the phone rings in the morning, and there's this voice, and there's this girl's voice, and she's asking where Jack is. <laughs> and uh, Poppy, I said, Poppy, it's phone call for you. It really sounds like a really sense voice. So I had to tell he says, so anyway, Jack's up, man, he's got his clothes on, he's got it. He's running. He's running down to this. He was set up. And he ran that And the girl was, there was somebody in the bed and with the covers up. Well, it was her husband. And they were, they played in, in Grand Rapids and they, they played in the, in the, they had a band and they played in the park. When we were there, well, and he was standing behind, he was behind the door. And I, I, I could say that now. They got me the same way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That, and that, that was Jack. Jack, they set Jack up and Jack set me up. <laughs> oh, God but, bless them. Yeah. He's up there with all the guys, Carter and Weber and Hardwick and all of them. He's having a good time. I'm sure they're happy to see him up there in heaven. I know that's where he is because he never hurt anybody. He was harmless, and everybody loved him. Absolutely right. No, he's up there with Bill Willard. Well, parts, we're about out of time, and uh, I'm looking at the old clock on the oh, wall. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I thought, I thought I'd get to finish this one real quick. All right. Go for it. Jack Jack hits this golf shot, and he can't find his ball. And right. he goes back behind the green, and he's looking for it, looking for it, in typical Jack fashion. He goes, oh, here it is. Anyway, so Bill Lillard goes up to the hole, and he goes, hey, Jack, what ball are you hitting? He says, Titleist too." He says, Play your ball out, Jack, but you did hit the ball in the hole. <laughs> yeah, he must have dropped one out of his pocket, huh? That's great. That's the poppy. Yeah, I heard stories about that before, but. <laughs> uh, lollipop forever. Yeah, God bless him. All right, Pards. Well, the old clock in the wall tells me we are out of time, and. I hate to say it, but God bless Jack Beyond Willow, and we're, we're all going to miss him down here, but he'll be waiting for us. He'll have a glass of beer in his hand when we get there, Parge. But... <laughs> yep, yes, he will. I hope all of you enjoyed the show, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. We'll have yet another interesting guest to talk to, and we also want to thank our sponsors, Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and Storm Bowling Products, along with our newest sponsor, Dave Kowalski, with Auto Value and Bumper to Bumper Auto Park Stores. He's also the past president of the Michigan High School Bowlers Coaches Association. So for Phantom Radio, God bless Jack Beyond the Low. This is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care And nothing, well, nothing is going right
close your eyes and think of me and soon I'll